opposite 30. Can't move to the ball. He's fielded. And here goes Keith Mumphrey. And they're going to turn it around. The room on the near side. And for the first time, they get creative. And the Battle Hawks have the sideline. And a kickoff return for Joe Powell to the end zone. Cardell Jones, they flip. Back to Rodgers. Back to Jones. A man wide open down the sideline. It's Corey Lee. Five. Goal line. Touchdown. Out of the backfield. Welcome to All Four Downs. We have got a lot to cover as the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have pulled the plug on fall football over COVID-19 concerns. Cases are still spiking all around the country. Meanwhile, the other Power Five conferences, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, intend to play this fall leadership fields. Uh, they've got the correct protocols in place to keep their players safe. We're going to discuss... The lack of leadership in the NCAA sports, what that means for college football. But first, got to talk about the XFL. Dwayne Johnson and his ex-wife and business manager purchased the league out of bankruptcy for $15 million. The Rock loves football and the Rock loves to entertain. So I think there's a renewed interest in the league. I wonder what that might mean if there's no college football in the fall or if it gets pushed to spring. Could we possibly see at the XFL be an option for both college football stars and for guys who maybe don't think they're going to be drafted anyway to go about getting themselves noticed playing professionally? Ovi Munez will join me on the show. Great to have you here tonight, Ovi. And we're also thrilled to speak with Anthony Miller. He's a credentialed XFL reporter. He's a writer for Infinity Sports Network, the Brawl Network, Sports Gamers Online, Arena Football, and he's host of Beyond the Pigskins podcast. Anthony Miller, thank you so much for joining us on All Four Downs. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. Appreciate it. Big fan of the show. So I'm excited for this opportunity to come talk to you guys about some football. So I was listening to your podcast today and you covered pretty much everything that I want to talk about. And you and I uh, are on the same page on a lot of this. Um, obviously, there's a ton to talk about with the uh, NCAA. But before we get there, um, this XFL thing with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, it just seems to me like, you know, Vince McMahon is kind of a villain. And, you know, he's kind of a ruthless businessman and, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it certainly works for the WWE, but I think he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, he's a friend of Donald Trump's. 
the NFL and Donald Trump don't get along at all. So I wonder now that Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, who's going to be, I guess, involved day to day, is that what you're hearing, Anthony? Will that change the perception of the XFL and make it a more viable option for everybody? I think it makes the XFL more attractive just because, I mean, no offense to Vince McMahon, he's a huge name, but Dwayne The Rock Johnson might be one of the biggest stars in the world with everything that he's done with wrestling and everything he's done with film. I mean, he's the biggest name out there. So for one, I think that adds, I think that big star that the XFL needed, they needed a big name to uh, come in and buy this league because without that, I don't know if anyone would have been attracted to the XFL. So one, to have someone like Dwayne The Rock Johnson with the big name, even having someone like Danny Garcia, like the significance of her, she's the first female to ever own a sports league. That's huge. And that's because of the success she's had at a, as a businesswoman. So to have those two together and having Redbird Capitals with all their connections that they have, even with the NFL, I think that makes it, it just adds more credibility to the XFL. And I think it's going to attract not only more fans, but I think it's going to attract uh, more players to maybe want to join the league. Now, what are you expecting as far as the other XFL owners, what are they hearing? What are they thinking? How are they feeling about Dwayne Johnson? My, what I'm initially hearing is people are pretty excited. Uh, there's even talk of maybe expanding the league out to 10 or even moving some of the current locations to places where there's a fan base maybe that is missing an NFL team. Yeah, I know before the the sale actually happened, I know the XFL was considering making some moves with the teams. I know... The rumors were the Vipers were going to move from Tampa Bay to possibly Orlando. The Dallas Renegades were maybe going to move to San Antonio. And then they were going to move the LA Wildcats. And then New York uh, Guardians were going to move stadiums. Um, To me, I think there's a lot of excitement um, in terms of what changes are going to be made in the future. I seriously doubt anything will be made if they play in 2021. Um, I know Danny Garcia, like you said, has talked about expansion, moving to 10 or more teams. I don't think that would happen within the next two to maybe two, three years from now that might happen. But I think for now, they're probably going to you know, keep everything the same because Danny Garcia talked about how much she loved the XFL and everything that they did. She just 100% agreed on everything. So I wouldn't be surprised if everything just stays the same for now to at least play this 2021 season. And then afterwards, they can, I guess, decide depending on how much revenue that they make and you know, who's all able to come back in terms of players and coaches. But there, unfortunately, there's just too many questions right now to really think what's going to happen with this league in the next year or two. Now, we're all XFL fans. We were all very excited about the league and, and, and you know, obviously very concerned when it looked like the league was going. Well, obviously it did go bankrupt uh, and, and Dwayne Johnson and company pulled it out of there. I was also I found this curious during the process, Anthony, that Vince McMahon literally tried to buy the XFL back. And I thought to myself, is they, how could there not be a law that if your company goes into bankruptcy, you can't buy it? Oh, well, it's Vince McMahon. So obviously he probably knows the ins and out of this. So I was not surprised to hear that the, the reports were that he was trying to buy it back. I think that's his baby. He he loves the XFL. That's something that's ha- that haunted him back in 
what 2001 when the league was around when it didn't work because he felt like a spring football league could work. It was just the execution the first time around didn't work. Now, the second time around, they got everything right. They took the wrestling out. It was a real professional football league that was making the game quicker, faster, more exciting. I, I think the XFL nailed it in his first year. Are there small things they could fix? Absolutely. So, but I, I think Vince McMahon probably was, he, I know he wanted to buy back the league because he knew that this thing is going to work, but you know, uh, unfortunately it didn't work out for him. And it, uh, honestly, it may be best that he moves on from it and get some fresh eyes on this league to see what else could be added to it. Wouldn't it be completely ironic OV if this league blows up? After Vince McMahon has parted ways with it, it will be. But you know what? I think he'll be satisfied because it's Dwayne Johnson. You know what I mean? So uh, I, it'll be different. If it was somebody else, like another billionaire competitor, then I'll, I'll bet he'll be like pretty ticked off. But uh, yeah, I, I just can't wait. And my biggest thing is uh, who's going to exploit this XFL? Which media is going to try to cover all this? I can see the I can see Fox getting back into it. I know there's reports that they want to get back into the XFL. It looks like ESPN is trying to get out of it, which I'm a little bit surprised. But honestly, I'm glad Fox is in it. I, my personal preference, I enjoyed the broadcast for Fox better. I think they were cleaner in terms of having uh, sideline reporters and doing those interviews. ESPN kind of felt a little messy those first couple weeks. Fox felt like they had it right from start to finish. So I'm glad that Fox is involved, but it would be interesting to see if, if the XFL can get anybody else involved. Cause I, another TV company like ABC or CBS or NBC would be great to have. But if it's just Fox, then that's a good start for the league, especially if they do this bubble concept, then I think it could work out. Well, the rock also has a show on NBC. Uh, was it the Titans? So I would I would be surprised if NBC does not get involved in this. My only concern with NBC is they talked a lot of trash and they never really covered the XFL very well this second time around because I think there was a little bit of a bitter taste after that first time. So I would be interested to see if they can mend the fences. Maybe that's a great point since The Rocket has a show on there. Maybe they can find a way to mend the fences and get that broadcast team in there. But I don't know. The NBC never really covered the XFL very, very well that for the you know this past season. Our special guest is Anthony Miller. He's a credentialed XFL reporter, also host of Beyond the Pigskins podcast. I was going to ask you, Anthony, uh, your thoughts on the inaugural season of the rebooted XFL, but you already said that uh, you thought they nailed it. You said it was a couple minor things you'd like to see differently. I'm going to ask you then, what are those things? I would say I think the point after conversions, it just didn't seem as exciting. Like the the idea of having a one, two or three pointer, I thought that was very that's an exciting idea to have. But I don't think it executed as well as they wanted to, because none of the coaches, especially in those first couple of weeks, didn't want to take a chance on a three pointer. So my suggestion would be maybe eliminate the one pointer and force them to go for two or three. Because all these coaches are going to go with a high percentage play of the one pointer, because I think it only I think there was only maybe four or five times during the season that somebody actually went for three. So I think XFL fans would want to see that two or three point conversion just because it's further back and it's more exciting and it opens up the playbook. 
All right. Yeah, I like that. It, and you're right. I mean, it, it, it. I remember at the beginning of the season thinking, like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> who's going to be the first one to do it? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a risky move. It's, it's one of those things, but yeah, I, I like that idea. Scrap the one pointer OV. And I think that's the way to go. <laughs> All right, let's shift gears. We'll talk NCAA, uh, and the fact that, uh, they have really kind of a mess on their hands. Three out of the five power conferences are in, uh, mentioned already that the big 10 and the PAC 12 are out at least, uh, looking to do it in the fall. Again, I mentioned uh, I listened to your podcast earlier today, and, and you talked about the idea of kicking it to spring. I, I don't know why everybody's just not on board for spring. I've been saying this for a while. I mean, I love sports as much as any guy. 2020 sucks, and it's going to be the year that we're just going to try to forget for the rest of our lives. Nothing is really going to work out the way we want it to. It's going to be weird. There's no reason why you can't do things in a one-off situation. Just because you're doing spring football doesn't mean it's going to be permanent. We'll move it back to the fall. And if we have to start it a couple weeks later into maybe October to give these kids some rest, let's do it. Because it seems like we're finally getting some congressional support for college athletes. Yeah, my, my opinion, I, I don't understand the pushback on the spring football either. I'm, I'm just in a personal belief that right now the country is not where it needs to be in terms of COVID cases. So it's almost safer just to push back college football and put it to the spring because I think the situation will be better. And I think we'd be in a better position to maybe have fans come in, even if it's just 25 or 50% occupancy. So I, I, I don't have a problem with it. My issue is right now, college football is a mess. I I'm, I'm sitting back here and I'm trying to figure out what's the point of having a college football season. If half of your conferences are going to play in the spring and half of them are going to play in the fall, because I don't, are we going to have a national champion? Are we going to have bowl games? Because it doesn't really appear to be that way. I, I, I'm, I respect what the Big Ten and the Pac-12 did in moving to the spring. I think that was a really tough decision to make because I know they're going to lose a lot of money out of it, but they put the kids' safety first, and that's their number one priority, priority is to make sure that this, you know their kids are healthy and safe and they're put in the best position. So I respect it, but I also respect what you know the SEC, Big 12, the ACC in playing in the fall also. If they can find a way to keep these kids tested and keep them protected, even though they're going to travel, then that's fine. I just don't feel like there's a concrete plan right now for college football and how they're going to take care of the kids in the fall. So that's why I've always felt like moving to the spring is not the worst idea. I also love the idea of a bubble as well. I mean, I just think it's working for a lot of professional leagues, and I don't know why college football isn't considering that for themselves. Now, Anthony, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, it seems basically all of the conferences actually have access to a dome stadium, uh, which obviously all, you know, I'm thinking of Atlanta, the Georgia Dome, obviously for the SEC. E easy. You got a million hotel rooms down there. You could certainly get teams in and out of there and create a bubble. Do you think that that is the best and safest way to go about this? Obviously, the three of the five that, that are uh, moving forward, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, say that they feel that they've got the protocols in place you said this on your podcast earlier, Major League Baseball's proven without a bubble and with people having to travel, you're going to you're going to have an outbreak. It is guaranteed. 
Yeah, look at the NHL, look at the NBA, MLS. What's the last time they had a COVID case? They haven't had one in over a month because they stuck everyone in the bubble. They didn't let them leave. So that works. The only concern I have is that some colleges are actually opening up their campuses in the fall and having classes on campus. So I guess it really depends on the individual schools. If they can let the athletes take all their classes online, then I think the bubble idea works in the fall. And I think they absolutely should do it and just, you know, have them stay in one city, you know, something like St. Louis or Atlanta or Houston, where there's, you can either have them in multiple stadiums or you can have one huge stadium and just play multiple games on a weekend. I, 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 I don't, I just think in the world that we're in right now, I don't think we have a choice, but to keep to you know, stay in a bubble that that's why I'm concerned about the NFL. I don't know how they're going to be able to do it. Cause some of those teams in the NFL are going to have fans in the stands. And I don't understand why they're going to do that. I think the NFL is very capable of doing a bubble concept themselves. I, I just think that's the state the sports is in right now. We got to be in a bubble at least until maybe mid next year. I don't want to make like a political ish kind of statement, but I, I heard what Jerry Jones said about playing and having fans in the stands. And I think to say that today is idiotic, but it's sort of kind of along the lines of like the Donald Trump wishful thinking of it'll be okay. And I mean, September's still a long ways away. Things probably aren't going to get better between now and then. In fact, they'll probably be worse to say something like that today. And you just said a minute ago, you know, it's hard to know because of all the uncertainty to make a, a certain statement like that to me shows what a meathead Jerry Jones continues to be each and every year. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I love the NFL. I've always been about the NFL. You know, I'm a diehard Field of Eagles fan. I will always be an NFL fan. But I will say the number one thing I hate about the NFL is how greedy it is. All those owners want to try to milk as much money as possible because the reality is a lot of them are probably losing, what, roughly 50 to $100 million this year just because of everything that's happened with COVID. So they're already losing money as is. So they're trying to recoup as much money as possible. I, I this, this can't be an owner's decision. I, I think Roger Dell had months ago, he should have stepped in and said, okay, we're going to play in a bubble because we got to protect our players. But for the NFL, it's all about making money for them. So I don't know if their heart is in the right place in terms of thinking what's best for the players, what's best for the coaches, what's best for all the staff. I just think they're thinking about themselves and they're thinking about their bottom line. And I think that's the wrong way to think. You look at the NBA. They lost, I think, um, what did they have to pay, like $150 million or lost that much or something like that for being in a bubble, but they didn't care. They wanted to protect their players. They spent all that money on testing. They spent all that money to play in Disney and look how well it's worked out. People, you know, it seems like everything's working out. Nobody's getting sick. It They've been knit tight on how players come in and out and how they interact with each other. And there's been no COVID cases for over a month. That's just the way it's going to have to be. I know a lot of people don't like it. The reality is I don't like it either, but it's just the world we live in right now. Somebody suggested to me, and I couldn't have disagreed with them any any stronger, but I'll I'll pose this to you. Um, boosters at some of the big colleges, I would assume Alabama, Ohio State, uh, you know, you know the ones I'm talking about, were threatening to pull money if fall football didn't happen. Um, and... You know, again, in some cases, I would assume there's some kind of a Trumpian connection. 
uh, where, you know, there's people trying to rush this thing open because they see some grand conspiracy. Um, do, do you think that the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12 are looking out for the bottom line? Or do you do you think that they really do have these kids safety in mind and and, and can genuinely um, straight face say we can do this and we could do this safely, knowing the other people who have done this non bubble have failed? Well, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have shown they they talked about why they didn't have it. I think even the Pac-12 showed evidence of like the, you know, of medical experts that they've spoken to. So it seemed like they did their homework to me. The other three, I don't know if they even care enough or not. I I hate to say it that way. They probably do care, but it doesn't seem like they're putting in as much effort as the big 10 and what the PAC 12 did in terms of asking medical experts, what is the best way to handle this? I, yeah, I think it is about the bottom line. I think the NCAA is also very greedy. I think they try to get as much money as they can. I think they have the same, concept as the nfl they take advantage of these college kids because they know that you know these big college athletes are going to make them millions of dollars so i think it does have to do with the bottom line it might be politically driven i I hate to say it a lot a lot of things are politically driven lately but i think it may be the combination of both but i i for me i want to hear why the acc why the sec why the big 12 why do they want to play and i want to see the evidence that shows that they can protect their kids because to me right now I don't see enough for me to be convinced that they'll be able to take care of these kids, especially like schools like Clemson. Clemson had like, what, 20, 30 positive tests just a month or two ago. How, how are you going to protect them? I, I just I need to see a plan. And I haven't really seen one from them right now. Seventy nine thousand school children have been infected since the last two weeks of July uh, in this country. So, you know, the stoppers, as, as they've been called, are, are certainly not upholding their end of the deal right now. Uh, which is pretty unfortunate. Um, also, it may be the doctor that the SEC did speak to was um, a demon sex doctor from Dallas. Perfect. That's yeah. that's, that's exactly that's my point exactly. That just right. sh- that, that to me that just shows that I don't know if they're really putting as much effort as they should. I I need to see more out of these conferences to really be convinced that this is the right thing to do because I'm just not seeing it. It was also suggested to me that, hey, maybe these kids could sign a waiver that wouldn't hold the university liable. And I thought, if I'm a lawyer or an agent or a prospective one of either of those professions, I'm screaming from the rafters, don't sign it, Junior, don't do it. it I mean, you you can't expect these kids to play just because they want to play. I mean, they're they're players. You got guys in their 40s, right, still going to minor league camp because they still want to play. They just can't let go of the game. You're asking an 18- or 19-year-old kid, do you want to play? What's he going to say? Of course he's going to say yes. So you certainly can't ask these kids to sign a waiver. I mean, they're not, it's not even – they're not even – some of them are not, not even necessarily of age at this point to consent to that. That's ludicrous. I just want to see more testing. That That's just my opinion. I, I want to see the conference to say, we're going to test these kids for COVID multiple times a week. We're going to make sure that they stay indoors at all times. Because the, again, these are ki- you know these are young adults. They're 18, 19, 20 years old. They want to go out. They want to have fun. But this is not the time to do it. The, you have to make sure that they're quarantined at all times. 
I want to see testing multiple times a week. And when they travel, I want it to be as minimal as possible. That's why like the bubble idea just makes all the sense in the world to me. Keep everyone in one place, make travel as minimal as possible and just play out the conference season and then figure out what you want to do afterwards for the championships. But I, I again, I'm just not seeing enough and I'm, I'm not convinced that this thing is going to work in the fall. I'm not convinced that the NFL is really going to work in the fall either. I'm sure they'll play a full season, but there's going to be some hardships in the middle. I see in the comments, uh, Steve Kaharski says, but NASCAR travels and they don't have cases. They've only had one since they have been back. I would say this, though, as far as NASCAR is concerned, you're traveling with a team. How many people are on your team? 20? I mean, a football team, there's 53 guys. There's coaches. There's staff. There's medical personnel. I mean, there's easily, what, 120 people on the sideline? College football would be even more. Some of those rosters are like 80, 90, 100. Like, you're talking even more players for college football. So how are you going to try to social distance everybody? Like you said, NASCAR is a lot smaller team, so they probably do a better enough job with that. Plus, they don't have fans in the stands. They don't have to deal with as many people. The NFL is actually going to have people in their stands, at least in some of the teams. You so, think that's um, really going to happen, honestly? So uh, let me ask you this. Uh, college, are the NCAA approved for another year eligibility for these players? Do you think that these players should take advantage of that? Or do you think that maybe they can utilize the XFL to improve in their skills? I I think from the XFL standpoint, they need to go after anyone who's opted out. Um, anyone who's opted out of college football season, the XFL should be calling them be like, hey, I know you maybe are missing out on game tape. Um, let's try to get you on, get you some playing time before April's draft, and then let's get you drafted. Because look at Kenny Robinson. He was a guy that didn't do well academically in college, missed out on his last year of, elig of eligibility. The XFL came in and said, we can help you out. They paid him, and he ended up getting drafted. So I think the XFL should absolutely do that. For, for these college kids, if they go into the NFL, my concern is I don't know if they're going to be as ready for the NFL as previous draft classes. Because for some of those guys, they're, they're not going to play football for over a year. So they need to get back into not only like game shape, but they have to get used to the speed of the NFL, which is a lot faster than college football. So I don't know if they're going to be as ready. So that's why the XFL makes all the sense in the world to me, because you're playing with adults. You're playing with guys who have played in the NFL. That would be a great transition for some of those kids to go to the XFL, learn how to be a professional, get paid in the process, and you know have the health insurance and all that. So be protected, and then go get drafted and have an NFL career. That is clearly, clearly the best option there. I mean, I, I don't know why anybody wouldn't do that. Yeah, the, the only thing would be the concern is getting injured. Like if these college football players are worried about getting injured in the XFL and then blowing their chances of playing in the NFL. But you that have insurance. Be... Yeah, ex exactly. But then you'll miss out on time, maybe at the beginning of the season. Like I, their injuries are always going to be concerned, but that's why the XFL and the NFL need to get together. Like I think a minor league system like the X, like having the XFL as a minor league for the NFL has always made sense to me. You can help develop these rookies better get them ready to be a pro. And then I think they're going to come out firing um, as a rookie. And I think it's the performance is going to be better on the field. 
Sure, speed of the game, right, is, is seems to be the thing that rookies struggle with the most, uh, adjusting to a, a new speed in the NFL. It's it's a faster game, and, and uh, yeah, you're right to get some transitional experience with guys who have been there could, could only help you out. Uh, Anthony Miller is a credentialed XFL reporter. He also uh, is a writer for Infinity Sports Network, the Brawl Network, Sports Gamers Online, Arena Football, and he is the host of Beyond the Pigskins podcast. Uh, real quick, just want to, uh, Steve Koharski, uh, again, weighing in. I said he went to a NASCAR race in New Hampshire. Socially distanced 12,000 fans, but it's New Hampshire. Uh, I believe the one state in the union where they're really killing it. Uh, says he agrees, though, that college and pro football should wait. I mean, it, it really does. We all want the sports back. We all do. I mean, there, there's nobody that's like, no, that's stupid. Everybody wants it back. We just want to do it right. Uh, also, big shout-out to my buddy Victor. Uh, says bubble would make sense uh, for the Big 12 either at RNG Stadium or AT&T Stadium. I'm just kidding. That's actually Hector. Uh, that's my chance to finally get his name right on the air. Uh, Anthony, so uh, you, you pretty much do a whole lot of everything from reporting to writing. Uh, you finally got into doing a podcast. How's it going so far? And, and it's a great sounding show, by the way. Everybody should subscribe to it. Thank you. Yeah, everything's been going well so far. It's an idea that I had for the last couple of years. I was actually a TV reporter from 2016 to 2018, just coming out of college. That, And I was in local television news, got tired of it. So now I'm actually in sales full time. And I've always thought about getting into podcasting. And I thought, well, we're all indoors now. Might as well be a good time to jump on board. So I've been able to do this and it's been a lot of fun, met a lot of really cool people and even had a lot of my friends on. So it's been a great time and I really enjoy, you know, just talking football and thank God the XFL's back because that will give me some more great content to have as well. Uh, so you're, you're, uh, uh, you were covering the Dallas Renegades. Uh, what was it like covering a professional sports team? How much did you enjoy doing that? And, uh, was that sort of a, a different experience than maybe what you thought coming out of school and being a TV reporter was going to be? It was an experience that I'll never forget. It's a completely different experience from anything I thought. You know, I, the first time I met Bob Stoops, it was like, wow, I am talking to a legendary coach. I'm actually interviewing him. Like, it's kind of surreal, you know, speaking to him and seeing Landry Jones and Lance Dunbar, like, it's an experience like no other, but you know, you get to know a lot of people in those in like the Dallas Renegades organization, some really great people that I've got to meet in there and who work for the XFL. So it was great making those connections and just sharing a passion for the league with everybody else that works there. It was a dream come true for me. So it, it, it's an experience I'll never forget. Um, did you play football as a youth? Define play because I was on the sidelines quite a bit, but I, I guess technically, yes, Anthony, I, I know play. you're a scrawny dude. I was just curious uh, <laughs> if if you had played or not. That's all. And and listen, you know, I I'll tell you what, some of the best guys that I that I work with uh, in in the sports industry never played. Uh, one of them's dad was an AD uh, at a big time high school in Connecticut, and kid knows the game like the back of his hand. You know, uh, yeah. never threw a ball in his life. Probably couldn't if he tried. But, you know, I, I think it takes all types of minds, uh, you know, when it comes to sports and covering sports. And I think for a lot of people, uh, especially the guys who played sports, they start to get that stupid, like, well, I could do that mentality. And 
that's not even close to reality. Oh, yeah, that was me. I thought, oh, you know, I might be able to play football. And I did pretty well for a while through junior high and high school. But then when I had varsity, I realized, yeah, I'm more of a student of the game than an actual <laughs> athlete. So I'm just going to I like the sidelines better. Yeah, my high school career ended in my senior year of high school. And I was like, well, yep. all I got for that was several concussions. Yeah, great experience. <laughs> um, yeah, football is is obviously um, uh it's a passion, right? It's it's just one of those things that that we love. And again, I understand people are like super hot for it, and they want it back in the worst way. I I, I guess here's the question I want to ask you, and maybe you could help me. You know, you're you're down south, so maybe you're getting a different perspective on this. It it seems for a lot of people, it's like 2020 would be outrageously worse. If there wasn't football in their life, and I know it's a big part of the culture down there, is that hyperbole or, or are these people serious? Yeah, I, I think it would be a nightmare to not have football. Uh, I'm in the state of Texas, so high school football is everything. Like football is the number one sport. So to not have football, it, it would be devastating. But my counter argument would be, well, we're going to have the NFL. So there's going to be football on TV regardless because the NFL, there's no way they're going to cancel their season. So I think we can relax and enjoy having the NFL. And then if we have college football and the XFL going in the spring, well, that just means more football. So I, I don't, I don't see what the problem is. We're going to have football almost year round. And then we could possibly have the CFL play in the summer next year. So, I mean, we got football all year round, so I'm not complaining. I think That's, that sounds like a, a dream come true scenario. I don't know why people are so, I mean, again, right. It's like, why are you trying to force something uh, again? Unless you think that the whole world is like in a grand conspiracy and that football has to be on the, uh, on the sacrifice block here. I, I, I mean, again, I understand, you know, down South, how, how important that stuff is to the culture. I really do understand that. And I get it, but, you know, these kids are human beings. And when you're seeing the professional leagues not in a bubble, having as much trouble as they're having. Uh, and again, I only, exp- I mean, I love baseball too. I'm a huge Yankees fan. Uh, this room, I, I, I'm getting the 1994 strike feeling where we knew, we knew bad was coming and it was going to get cut off soon. And I feel like it's happening to me all over again. The Yankees look really good. And I, and I feel like, that's not going to be sustainable. You know, they, they've already had five or six teams. You mentioned that on your podcast earlier today that have had issues and dealt with it. What's going to happen is you start moving into the fall when the flu also starts kicking around again. So you're dealing with flu and COVID. And I, I just think it's going to cause a lot more problems. I think it's inevitable that there's going to be COVID cases in the NFL. I think there's going to be COVID cases in college football. I think we're going to have COVID cases in high, in high school football. I, I just think football is probably the most easily prone to getting this COVID case just because there's so many more people on the field and there's so many more people close together. If they can come up with a concept to keep everyone in a bubble, that's the way it has to work. But with everyone traveling around, I, I just think there's going to be a problem in the middle. I mean, maybe they'll be able to cut it down to a smaller amount. But to me, I feel like we're going to see a very similar situation from what we saw in Major League Baseball. I think at the beginning of the year, we might see a lot more COVID cases that will affect teams. But maybe they'll figure out a way to get it done, 
you know, towards the end of the year. Cause it looks like major league baseball is getting better with it, but they should have learned their lesson, you know, the first time around and maybe just have a bubble. Yeah. Well, I, I, again, always hopeful, you know, I think the whole thing about COVID is, you know, all we could do is be hopeful. Uh, I know I've, I've said a couple mean things about the Trump administration. I will say one good thing about them. They spent $8 billion in uh in in vaccine research and, and uh grants to secure vaccines and uh there's a couple companies that are fast tracking it and i will feel a lot better once there's a vaccine uh i'll take my 5g chip as well if i have to but uh i want the vaccine i want to be able to see people again uh i'd love to see on the sideline of a football game anthony and shake your hand wouldn't that be like an amazing world to live in and i and i hope that we get there someday and I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, I almost forget what it's like to like be in close contact with somebody because the last major event I was at before COVID was the Dallas Renegades and New York Guardians game. And I was there with Jay Nooks, who also covers the Dallas Renegades with me with XFL board. And we were there together and we were thinking, oh man, this is like the greatest thing in the world. We weren't even worried about COVID. There was like 15, 16,000 fans in the stands. It was a great time, even though they lost pretty badly. And then after that, the world, you know, you know what happens at the end. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Anthony Miller, uh, great to have you here again, host of Beyond the Pigskin podcast. You got to check this guy out. There's his Twitter, AntMill40. Uh, he writes a whole lot of articles. I was reading your article uh, earlier today about uh, George Kittle and uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, a great writer, a great host, and an absolutely superb guest. I hope we can have you on again uh, in the future, Anthony. Uh, talking XFL uh, and college football. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Big fan of the show, and I'm going to keep watching, and I can't wait to come back on. All right. We're looking forward to it. Uh, if you love podcasts, visit clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business, relationships, pop culture, politics, true crime, and more. There's 25 shows across the CMG network. And if you don't find one you like, start your own podcast. You could launch a podcast with the CMG network for as little as $15 per month. Clovercrestmedia.com is the website. Make sure you check it out. Tell your friends all about it. You can visit hhwshow.com for the latest on all your favorite CMG sports podcasts, as well as blogs and video and all of the latest sports information. A big thank you to Anthony Miller for joining us and to Ovi Munez uh, for coordinating tonight's special show. Uh, really appreciate it. Ovi, absolutely killing it. Appreciate the highlights at the beginning as well. Uh, that's going to do it for all four downs. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a comment, and feel free to share this on your social media. I'm Joe McGuire. That's going to do it for all four downs.